0: The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the Biblical Five-Point Covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling.
1: podcast. <laughs> okay. oh. Back in your life.
2: <laughs>
1: After a long yachtis. <laughs> <laughs> yachtis. Here we are.
3: It just doesn't even seem like it's been any time
4: at all.
1: It's the Worldview Media Podcast. The return edition.
4: I the addition, just the return.
1: (laughs) Why were we gone so long? It It doesn't feel like I've been gone at all.
4: You know, it was really weird, because we were all just kind of doing our thing, and we were sitting around thinking, man, we've got a podcast, and all of a sudden... What? Well, we were back. We were thinking, oh yeah, we want a podcast, and all of a sudden it's been what, a year? Five years. Five years. It's like someone just snapped their fingers, and we were all gone.
1: And now all the cool kids are calling it the snap.
4: Yeah, the blip. The blip. The blip.
1: Alright, well it should be the snap if they're really cool. Yeah. Okay, so we've all just come back. <laughs> and, uh, everyone around us has aged five years.
4: Yeah. So good thing you went? <laughs> you couldn't tell.
1: <laughs> so here we are. Worldview Media Podcast. And we are going to do a worldview analysis of Spider-Man's European vacation. <laughs> no. Far no, from home. Far from home.
2: On a European vacation. Wasn't there
1: like a cartoon mouse show that was called that? Far from home. Mm-hmm. Some cartoon. It was Fievel. Fievel home.
2: No. No. <laughs> an American tale. Yeah, there's nothing no. to do with Far From But home. he was Far From Home because they immigrated from Russia. <laughs> yeah. See, totally. They were Jewish <laughs> mice. Yeah. That's not the movie we here to talk about. They came over from Russia. <laughs> that's not
4: the movie we're here to talk about. <laughs> but they were far from <laughs> they where <were>. they started. <laughs> but that's the same thing as like E.T. Yeah, Alright,
1: this went, could go on forever. Yeah, if we're going to do it by that, ever.
4: then that's E.T.'s e. the same movie, um... <laughs> uh, Transformers is the same movie. We have to reintroduce ourselves. Care Bears. Care Bears. Yep. You've been watching Care Bear movies? Fight me. (laughs) Let's
1: reintroduce ourselves. My name is Gordon Runyon. I am the chief and obvious boss and high commander.
3: (laughs) I think you should introduce everybody. (laughs) Sure.
1: To my right is the <laughs> wife of my youth, the illustrious Joyce Runyon. Hello. Hello. Uh, straight across from me on your <laughs> podcast screen.
4: Diametrically <laughs> opposed. <laughs>
1: is my oldest daughter, Carmen. Hello. Hello. And on the left of your podcast dial is my middle daughter, Jordan. Hello. Hello. We're here to do a worldview media podcast sort of analysis on Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah,
4: that's right. If you're if you're coming back from the blip with us, you know what we do here. And if you aren't and you're just now coming for the first time, I'm sorry. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Where y'all been? <laughs> y'all been on a Yadis.
2: You have five <laughs> years to catch up.
3: Yeah. Five
1: years. Okay, so Spider-Man: Far From Home takes place uh, fairly quickly after the events of Avengers: Endgame.
2: I heard mm-hmm. that it was about eight months. Yeah, eight months. Very.
1: So Peter Parker is going on a school trip to Europe to compete in the Nothing. worldwide. Oh no! He's just, champion he's, no, Jeopardy. He's just no, no. What? <laughs>
4: There's no competition. They're, they're just, just going. going on
2: a, they're going on a science trip. To, like, visit, like, they were going to go to Italy and stuff yeah, because it of the, Italian scientists yeah. to go see the Galileo
4: Museum. The and history of science in Europe.
1: Okay, so then they meet up with a nice man named Mysterio, who is, who, uh...
3: <laughs> well, you, did you watch the movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mysterio <laughs> was apparently a big fan of The Incredibles movie and
2: and he thought it'd be cool to he, do it in, real life. <laughs> to do he's it in taking, real life
1: he's taking syndrome's plot and making it real yeah so he's a deceiver he's an illusionist and he is going to Create crises that don't really exist.
2: Ooh, I guess we should have said spoilers before spoilers. we started talking.
1: Oh, spoilers. And then... Don't <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> and then Syndrome flies in and takes care of all the crises. And yeah. everybody loves Syndrome. Yeah. Mysterio.
2: Yes.
1: No relation to Rey Mysterio, the professional wrestler. At least... None, if there is a connection, I of. couldn't see it.
4: Yeah, but oh, that
1: one, that's, that's
3: part of the. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: so it takes Spider-Man a little bit of time to figure out that Mysterio is really a bad guy, and yeah. he has to save the world because Mysterio really does destroy a bunch of stuff, and yeah. he gets hold of of Tony Stark's. This classes. is something that we're going to have to talk about seriously because yeah. Mysterio gets hold of Tony Stark's technology, and with it, he can pretty much destroy the world.
2: Yeah, all the drones and stuff in space. Yeah.
1: And so, <laughs> Spider-Man obviously loses his fight, and the world is destroyed.
2: <laughs> and he gets to be just a kid, yeah. right? <laughs> and then it's like, well, oh well.
3: <laughs> Kind of
1: there will be no more superhero movies because the world is destroyed. Yeah,
2: Spider-Man let well, Because knows. of
3: people not signing and extending contracts with yeah. other people, but that's another topic. The real villain here. <laughs> Who is the real villain?
1: Corporate so, America. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what you thought about overall movie, just as a standalone movie or as a as an entrant into the Marvel Cinematic Universe give me your kind of just your thoughts on the movie how you liked it what you didn't like
2: I liked it I don't think I liked it as much as the first Spider-Man movie that, that they did with these same people and stuff but I thought it was good it wasn't amazing but it was it was a good movie
1: what was your favorite part about it
2: uh, I thought Ned was really funny.
1: spider Man's sidekick Ned.
2: Yeah. Ned was a good time.
1: Stole the show. Anybody else? General thoughts?
4: I thought it was a really good uh, continuation. So the thing, the thing that I feel that Marvel has set themselves up for now is that all of the movies tie together. So all of the movies have to keep tying together. Yeah. And especially with this being um, the first thing that they've done That's after great. Endgame, yeah. you know, Endgame was a huge thing, and um, that so now you know I was I left Endgame and I was like, you know, first I was in the void of the blip. <laughs> well, I yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, well, where am I? But then I was like, you know, how how do you continue from this? Like they lost a huge amount of their big players. Um, yeah. You know these characters that we're used to. So what do Some you do big from here? Ups, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't expecting the um, the continuation from that to be in Comic Sans font with like Getty Images water stamps, you know.
3: Um, yeah, that was a good thing that he completely, you know,
4: passed. Uh, but just um, with the with the song, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's uh, I think it's a good continuation. I um, I really do like Spider Man. I like Tom Holland as Spider Man. Um, every movie I've seen him in, he's made me cry. So uh, yeah, you know I think he's. I think it was really good.
3: For being after End Game, I really kind of thought it was a lighter movie. Mm-hmm. It could have been a lot darker. It could have mm-hmm. been a lot more serious. Yeah. It could have been a lot more. Even with the villains, it was still yeah. they're kind of goofy. So it yeah. was a. It was refreshing in that aspect because it wasn't as heavy as it could have been, and you know they did have some moments uh, built mm-hmm. into the the script with. You know, the reflection and the, you know, the responsibility shifts that have happened. But overall, I I thought it was a really light movie and I appreciated that.
4: Yeah. There's a lot of really neat, like, visuals in it, too. Like, you keep seeing the murals in the background of the heroes and stuff and um, all these different, like, headlines. Like, I've watched, I've watched this movie, like, three times. So, <laughs> I watched it a lot of times, and every time you watch it, you know, try Pick and find something, yeah, find something new. But just all of the references they have to all of these different heroes and mm. um, the universe they're in. Some of the shots are just really pretty. I mean, they're in Europe, so it's going to be really pretty, but I think they put it to really good use.
1: Alright. So, obviously, this movie doesn't get done without CGI, right? Mm, yeah. Like many superhero movies. We get superhero movies because of CGI, so that's nice.
3: Yeah.
1: If y'all had been around back before CGI when they made superhero (laughs) movies.
3: When they made any movie. I've seen some of those movies. That was science
1: fiction. Oh, man.
3: (laughs) Uh, That was fiction. (laughs) Think all right the Sinbad movies and the... Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, and, 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 and Claymation. Jason and the Argonauts yeah. with the skeleton men. Yeah. I like those, though.
1: Stop okay. action photos. Well, it's
3: fun to go back and see. But technology really does make a difference, as we'll find out in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: there you go. All right. Anything else to say on a general note? All right. Then we will take our short break, and when we come back, we will dig in to dismantling bring it
3: closer to home yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) what is far will be brought near (laughs) 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 back in a bit Um.
0: the reconstructionist radio podcast network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology
1: Back, Worldview Media Podcast, Ooh, part of great. the Reconstructionist <laughs> Every time <we> Radio <laughs> Podcast Network. Ah. Let's bring it in. <laughs> Put your hands in here. Oh, bring no. it in. Bring it oh, in.
2: Uh, uh. Mama, <laughs> just so they know. Reconstructionist Radio
1: on three. Oh, no. One, two, three. Real Reconstructionist real. Radio. Real. <laughs> y'all were not terribly enthusiastic I hope that did not make its way into the recording did. your lack of enthusiasm I'm oh, enthusiastic you,
3: make... you can fix that <laughs> you can completely
4: edit that <laughs> I'm enthusiastic about, about the, um, the
1: process yeah, alright let's get into it then okay. worldview issues what did you see in this movie that uh has anything to do with exposing the worldview of the makers, or <laughs> anything that you think is interesting from a worldview standpoint? So
4: it you go first.
3: I was just going to say it doesn't matter where in the movie it is. Just no. Just bleep. all right. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> so there's I. Carmen has five. I have a lot. So <laughs> um, I think one of the interesting things to see in this movie um, is kind of how uh, like grief gets addressed. You know that um, that all these people that were gone, you know, are suddenly back, and um, you know that there's people who didn't come back, um, that didn't you know, that aren't here anymore, um, and I think that's kind of interesting to see because you don't see uh, really that um, we're gonna you know what I'm gonna rip the band aid off no spoiler alert Tony Stark's dead, um, and <laughs> if you have watched the movies up until this point um, Tony Stark has been a really big influence in Peter Parker's life. Mm-hmm. And despite that, you know we don't really get to see him address that kind of directly until almost the end of the movie. Yeah. You know that he just kind of continues, but you can like see hints of it where he's at the benefit for all these people that have been displaced. Um, you know that he kind of starts having a little bit of a panic attack, and when they start talking about responsibility, that he goes back to Tony saying, "You know, he's I'm gonna just be the yeah. next person." He's like, "That's not me," and that's. I think that's the thing you see with, uh, with grief. That this person is gone now, uh, wh- who fills that spot? Um, and then there were uh, there were interesting things I thought with that they have to uh, they have to have benefits now for all these people that were replaced. Um, you know that Peter and his uh, aunt come back to their apartment and there's another family living in their apartment. Um, <laughs> You that's know, rude. It, yeah, which is <laughs> rude. You know, the, the, it's the kids, been five years, man. The kids that were left behind are, you know, still kids, still kids. But now, yeah. all all of a sudden, your relationships with all these different people have changed. You know, so and it's it, it's not like everybody died, but in some sense that there there was something that's gone now, and they're not going to get that back. Um, and I also thought that uh, there's there's a lot to unpack with Mysterio, like. From a, yeah, theory sort of space that you know he's a, he's a con man and a con artist and it's all a big show and that oh he's got all of these followers that have come up with him, um, that are buying into the scheme and empowering him to do this and then where he switches it and now that they have to do this because they've he given him yeah. all of this control you know he's that you yeah you've put the wrong person in charge, but then um, also how he he sees that spot where. Peter is lacking something and comes in and tries to fill it. And Peter lets him come in and fill it. So then there's the issue with once you lose that important figure in your life, what do you let come in and replace, replace that? And yeah. what are you going to put your kind of faith in?
3: Yeah, since there's a void, what's going to fill that?
4: Yeah, and it, it, what was Tony, I think, gets filled by Mysterio and then Peter kind of realizes that's not what he needs and then, you know, he's, he needs more discernment. He needs more discernment, which he fills in with his spider sense, what's it called? He's a Peter Tingle, you know, <laughs> that he, he has he has to come to terms with the fact that right now he has to learn how to address the world on his own and, you know, yeah. take responsibility and make those plans that he's mm-hmm. been fortunate enough to not have to do.
3: Well, and the reality is that he's he's still a kid. Yes. You know, so that's a lot on anybody, but especially as a kid.
4: Yeah. And there are, there are issues with uh, Tony's big machine, but I'm sure we'll talk about that.
2: <laughs> the machine in the
4: sky. Yeah.
1: Well, I, that didn't bother me so much until I started thinking about doing this podcast and I realized that what Tony Stark had built, the giant satellite in the sky that is capable of sending out drones. lethal drones. Yeah. drones that can assassinate people by name, just at the command of whoever has the glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm. So basically, yes. Tony Stark built the very same thing that Captain America was fighting in the Winter Soldier when he was fighting the Hella carriers. Yeah. And it's just now a better guy is in charge of this floating assassination technology. For the moon, yeah. You know? yeah. And. I just feel like there's something really to be said about that, about the way the world looks at power and coercive power and threatening power and the power to do violence. I think I think the unbelieving way of looking at all that is saying, well, that's all a necessary evil, and the best we can do is just put the the better people in yeah. charge. And so it would have been bad to have... Who was that guy in in The Winter Soldier? What was the name of the Robert director? Redford. <laughs> Robert Redford. Uh, it was just Robert Redford. <laughs> you, you don't want to put Robert Redford in charge. Because <laughs> he's about to wipe out you know, millions of people. But we can have the same technology in the hands of Tony Stark. And now we'll all feel better. But it's obvious that he created this technology that you can literally name somebody and the satellite will launch a drone to come down and kill them
3: yeah, yeah. well I don't think any of the other Avengers knew
1: about this either well I would hope <laughs> you not know. So Captain America would not be pleased he would not have been happy Captain Libertarian he would be upset so I thought that was a really interesting <laughs> thing and I think the biblical solution to a thing like that is that no you get rid of that technology altogether you don't You don't have the floating kill station in the sky that can just assassinate people that are undesirable or whatever your whim is. And the solution isn't to just put better people in charge of it. The solution is to get rid of it and replace it with the system of government in the kingdom, which is that uh, leadership comes through service and whoever would be great among you must become the slave of all. And if we really took that seriously and did that, there wouldn't be a need for these orbiting murder machines. I couldn't believe Tony Stark had even made that.
4: I wasn't. I was thinking. What in the <laughs> world? I was not surprised. Cause
1: I he, guess he made Ultron. Just, yeah, you know, if you do he's always Ultron,
3: something.
4: Well, and that a lot of that. I mean, we can do a whole podcast on just Tony Stark. I mean, I could, but uh, <laughs> the thing is that he's never felt. Um, I don't know. I think that he's always kind of... He always has sort of felt insecure and that, you know, that there's always sort of been this sort of danger mm-hmm. that he's never going to be prepared for. And I don't know if that stems from, okay, well, you know, getting Well, he's always yeah. tweaking everything, yeah. you know. Well, this works now, it's but... It's
1: never
2: good enough.
4: Yeah, yeah that he sees, he sees where things are weak and, like, we can fix this and move fe- better and progress and progress and progress. Isn't
1: that... Kind of also true of Batman in the DC comics. A little bit. Doesn't he have the floating final well, option? They have, has, that's the Watchtower,
4: and that's the whole Justice League, but I don't think it's... But that he any... does have those
2: contingency plans yeah. about how he would murder all of his teammates in case they went bad. You know, and <laughs>
4: that's...
1: But if he had the... Like, if Batman decided that the world has to be destroyed or the population has to be reduced in order to save the universe or something like that...
4: Batman wouldn't do it. Sp- yep. Superman would. I think Superman has, in a different universe. I think Superman has done something like that, but I don't think Batman would let it get to that point. Wow. Um, I hope not. Yeah, but, but um, there's there's a lot of stuff with Tony that, when when that happened, I was like, oh yeah, of course he did that, but. Um, my, yeah, it wasn't
3: shocking. Yeah, it
4: wasn't shocking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but my kind of thinking is that he probably made it to do that, but that was probably never how he. In- it to be used yeah you know because he never intended ultron to go and you know do that that it was supposed to be you know like just just like a network yeah just peacekeeping sort of things that they could go in yeah. and you know non-lethal sort of stuff but of course nothing ever works the way that you plan it to if you give it the po- if you give it the potential to do something it's going to do it worse than that so the right.
1: fallen nature please. which is kind of what i was just saying that. Tony Stark mm. was just a better sort of power religionist mm. than uh, Robert Redford. Oh. That bad guy. What was <laughs> his name? That villain. Just I'll
3: like
2: in real life. It was uh, Pierce. Director Pierce. Pierce. Alexander
1: Pierce. There you go.
4: <laughs> I knew. Now it comes back. <laughs> it was really Robert Redford. <laughs> it was really Robert
3: Redford.
1: All right. Any other worldview issues on your mind?
4: I really do think there's a lot with Mysterio. That.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, I think there's stuff with what is reality. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I think that's definitely in there that he can manipulate these uh, projectors to have it look like something is going on. And that's uh, that's a real deal in our world today where people are saying, well, how can I know what I'm, what I'm living isn't a simulation? How can I know what's real truth because this yeah. is what it appears to be to me? And do you have that same... Perspective that I do, does it matter if we have the same perspective? How can we know any perspective is true?
4: Exactly. That well, was you know, where I was going with it, but where I was going with it was <laughs> the um the whole that he's uh that he um he he sees you know he kind of says it that you know Tony Stark's gone they want they want the next Tony Stark I'm gonna be the next Tony Stark you know I'm gonna give it you know and he makes the disasters. For him to solve. Well, to and, appear Yeah, to appear like he solved it. Yeah. But you know, I was thinking about it and there's no way that he would be able to keep that up in like a like a Battle of New York situation where these aliens show up out of nowhere. Oh
1: when a real threat yeah. came up. When on. a
4: real thing comes up that he's supposed to come and do this. Yeah. You know.
1: Well wouldn't he then just use the same technology. So yeah. he's got the drones. But th-
4: you see them practicing. You know, that they they set up all of the holograms and all of the effects and all of the Yeah, they rehearse it. And they have a script that they go off of that, like, they're editing real time when things go wrong. But, you know, when some some random alien attack comes out of nowhere, he's not going to have that set up.
1: Well, I kind of have the same thought about that that your mom did, that, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson hosted an entire symposium on the question of are we living in a computer simulation? And I like to point out that he's quoted in that article, I think it's Popular Science or something, but he's quoted in the article as saying that he believes the odds are at least 50-50 that the reality that he experiences is really a simulation. And he's the smartest guy in the whole world, you know. <laughs> and
3: what? And
1: Christians, are we stuck with that? Uh, the answer is no, and why? Because we have revelational. We have what's called a revelational epistemology. Our knowledge is given to us by God. Genesis one one says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth," and that means that the earth we live on is the one God made, and we know it's real because He said it, and without that. You're really stuck in a world where you can't be sure of anything. Yeah. Uh, there was another thing that I saw. I don't know if you remember it, but Zendaya, her.
3: MJ. Her MJ. Yeah.
1: <laughs> one of the character quirks about this iteration of MJ is that she gets kind of a kick out of telling inconvenient truths. She's like that guy, Adam ruins everything. Oh, yeah. that's what she does. She tells inconvenient truths and then just kind of basks in the awkwardness that results. (laughs) Yeah. And most of what she says I think is true, but there was one place where somebody said something, something, this is objectively true. And she said something like, I can't quote her, but she said, well actually around the world nobody really believes in objective truth anymore. And or the belief in objective truth is being given up all around or something like that and I just that's like a high soft pitch coming your way that you ought to be able to just slap out of the park what's the answer so MJ is that statement objectively true? (laughs) and uh, so I just noticed that kind of laughing I just wish somebody would write that in sometime
4: well and then back on Mysterio I'm going to be stuck on Mysterio for a little bit but then he's almost making himself into like a false god sort of thing too that you know I'm going to give them something to look for or to I'm going to give them the hero they want and stuff like that and there's a lot of a um, lot of research that's been done into the concept of uh, the superhero myth being taken from the old um, like uh, Pantheons Pantheon of Greece myth, you know we even see yeah. some of those characters in superheroes right um so there's there's some stuff there too that you could talk about. But yeah. We're probably going to truck along that move. <laughs> Anybody else?
1: Jordan, do you have anything worldview-ish?
2: Well, uh I guess.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, uh I was kind of thinking about uh Peter and how his whole thing seems to be that he sort of is is like, his whole stress the whole movie is, is that he's not really, like, worthy of this new, like, task that he's been given, this new role that he sort of finds himself in and that, like, and that Tony Stark wanted him to fill and, and that he's not going to measure up to this, like, task that he's been set on and that's sort of what is causing him to uh, make, like, questionable decisions mm-hmm. and, yeah. and not, you know, be because he's... He's, he feels like he he is like not where he needs to be in order to get the thing done. But then at the end when he's talking to Happy, Happy's just like, Look, you just have to like be who you are <laughs> and that's what we've been wanting. Just be you in this new role, you know? Like you don't have to try to be some other person. Yeah. Because that's not what that's not what Tony wanted. He just wanted you to be who you are and that that was going to be that was that was going to be the thing that you needed like to just don't try to be me try to just be just be the hero that you are not the hero that I was you know
1: (laughs) so how's that apply then what could we say if we're gonna take that as a truism and and shape that
3: Well, I think it's real easy to overlook your own gifts and your talents when you're looking around you and you can see somebody else and say, you know, I'm not that person. And absolutely, you're not that person. But you have things that that person doesn't have. And so you just need to, you know, especially within the, the church body that we're all different parts and all those parts are important and they work together. And so there's not any reason that you should feel less than somebody else or that somebody should elevate themselves over you because they've got more showy things or they're able to do things differently and so it goes back to you know what you're saying about being a servant and using those things to to have god's kingdom grow and not to grow yourself
4: so when you're saying that is making me think of gideon oh yeah you know that he gets
1: he didn't believe his was yeah. being he, called. He's like, Ah, no,
2: no, <laughs> right. somebody else, no. Well, and even like Moses and yeah. stuff yeah, right. too. Yeah. Just like the the you don't you don't it, if you if you have the calling then that's the That's thing it. you gotta do. It and should be enough
1: to move forward. Yeah, just just that. being because given.
2: Because you have to remember who called you. Yeah, <laughs> being being Lone placed Stark. in the <laughs> situation should be enough to say, okay, this is my new situation.
4: Right. And also, it's not worldview, but it's a thematic thing that when you were saying that you told me, you know, so in the first Spider Man, it was all. Peter Parker saying just Tony just let me be the real Avenger and stuff like that and now in this movie he's saying I don't want to do this I don't want to do it well he's had a lot of crazy things he's had a lot of crazy things but you know that's part of the job those crazy things Uh, are part of the job I mean he's still just a kid Yeah. Yeah. but But, I mean he was how much younger before
1: yeah Yeah, it did flip flop for sure
4: you know that well it's all a lot of fun until it's real yeah (laughs) well then maybe that could be the thing that you can see that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but not, not yet. Yeah. That it's not. Like a, that's scary though. Yeah, <laughs> that it's not a. That it's not a no. Yeah. It's a wait, and then you just have to be yeah. patient and believe right. that that's what's gonna yeah. happen. Wait to see those things.
1: Yeah, I kind of have a personal testimony in that. I won't take very long with it, but when I first believed that I was called to preach, one of the pitfalls I fell into was really studying and trying to absorb preaching from men that I thought were great preachers. And I still do, but the mistake I made was trying to be like them or or kind of use some of their gimmick and <laughs> make it work for me. Yeah. And it was actually a long time in, in my preaching career before I finally felt the freedom to just be me in the pulpit and uh, you know we'll find out on judgment day whether that was actually a good <laughs> thing or not but, but oh, well. the results are <laughs> the results are mixed up to this point too many circumferences <laughs>
4: I like those, don't cut those out <laughs>
1: but, and, but the same would be true then if somebody hears me preach and they like something particular about the quote unquote style of it if you're not if that's not natural to you 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 better not do that you know yeah and I think it takes a long time especially especially I think if you're wired right and you understand that whatever ministry it is that God called you to it's not because you deserved it and and, yeah and you probably are not yet qualified to get it all done that's gonna come as you work at it and stuff and And I think if you go into it with that kind of humbled or chastened view of your own gifts, then I think there's a temptation to try to beg, borrow, and steal from sources who seem to be doing it right.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: nothing wrong with looking at people who are doing it right and trying to discern what is that that they're doing and can I do something similar. Nothing wrong with that, but I think when you begin to uh, well the only image say we're supposed to be
3: conformed to right. is Christ and right. not anybody
1: else around you so right. so when I started preaching and I wanted to sound kind of more like this guy than like me it, it never really sounded like that guy and it didn't ever sound like me it's, <laughs> it's some third uh, chimera entity <laughs> that needed to be slain <laughs> Um. All right. Anything else on this wonderful cinematic masterpiece? Are you some
4: general thoughts now, or just whatever? So,
1: if you have anything left to say,
4: I grew up watching the old nineties cartoons of all these superheroes, and I really liked the Mysterio sequence where he's like, got him in the you know the stuff and everything because uh, in the cartoons and stuff. Spider-Man would always be like, Oh, it's just a, it's, it's Mysterio, it's just an illusion, none of this is real, and then immediately, like, fall for it as soon as he turned around, <laughs> and they did that in the show, and I thought yeah. that was great, um, and it was a really, uh, the, something about the sequence really made me think of that, mm. that it, Flashback. Yeah, it referenced back to that really nicely for me, so it was like, ah, they see this, because I, they've said that they're trying to draw from all the previous versions of Spider-Man oh. to make this Spider-Man, Oh, okay. Um, so it was nice to kind of see that highlighted.
1: Nice. All right. Anything else, or are we done?
3: Well, all the holographic stuff was based on that, um, Tony called it MARF. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. it was the uh, binary augmented retroframing. And that uh-huh. was done in order to help ease the psychological trauma of somebody in a situation. And... You know, on the surface that sounds good, but if you were just to go back, step back into that time and just view it, does it change anything? Does it resolve anything? Can you say anything different? Can you do anything that's going to make you feel better by the time you finish going through that segment? And I think it's not, you know, there's nothing you can go back and and adjust, or say, oh, I should have done this, and and that's going to make you feel better, because you can say that without actually stepping into that setting, so um, it just seemed very uh, wallowing, and just really not even able to help, to help in any
1: way. Right, right. Well, I think we're already seeing, in a related way, we're seeing that video games and stuff and, and virtual reality video games with the glasses and the mm-hmm. noise canceling headphones so that all your senses are receiving are the things that are being fed to you. I think as that gets better and better, uh, there are people whose lives in reality uh, suck so bad yeah. <laughs> that they prefer to be immersed in this other quote-unquote well, reality but that's gonna be, now how do you
3: that's different than what they were doing because he yeah, was I'm stepping back into therapy. a memory yeah in order to
1: well I'm just saying that it's the same sign of the same sort of conundrum in terms of at some point is that even helpful or does it begin to well, be well I think confusing? that's the reason that
3: video games are really popular among certain demographics it's because it's a, it's an escape
1: yeah sure
3: but you're not escaping anything going back into those moments.
2: Well, But I think when we see him use that stuff in Civil War, I think the point of it was that he had been able to, like, tweak his own thing. Like, what that wasn't, like, the, at the very end, like, that would have been something that he had programmed in, where he's talking to his dad and finally tells him, like hey, I love you, and I know you did the best you could, and all that <laughs> stuff, like, that wasn't really what he said in his memory, like, he never no. said that, but he was able to use the technology to, like,
3: pretend pretend that he said <laughs> the to work the through it, sort of
2: yeah, thing. like, to get closure by, like, see. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, and then also,
3: but
1: the better, I'm saying the better technology gets at that sort of thing, does it? why believe the actual memory when you can replace it with this better one? Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, again, that's the whole technology technologies. <laughs> technology is inherently evil and we can't trust the machines. <laughs> <laughs> the robots are coming!
1: That's really why we were gone so long. We've, we've become Amish.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've given them up. They're coming to get me.
1: <laughs> Alright. Well, let's cut this out. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put an We're done. Put an end.
2: Yeah, cut it out. <laughs> We're we'll back to the blip. I've,
1: I've had it with all of you. It's time for us to draw an end to this. Uh, what would you call it? a? It's not a debut episode. It's a. It's a, it's a rebu. A rebu.
2: Actually, surely this is like season two now. This oh, This is the cool. premiere of yes,
1: season, season two. two. Here we go. Season two, episode one <laughs> Worldview Media. <laughs>
4: Jordan watches a lot of TV. (laughs) (laughs) As per (laughs) plan.
1: And so as always with Worldview Media Podcast, our hope is to inspire you. If you have creative leanings and you're seeking to use those leanings in a way that glorifies God, uh, we're just trying to help you find where that lane is for you. Find your corner of the garden, use the gifts that God has given you, and dominionize. Mm. There it
3: is.
4: No, I came
1: back. <laughs> All right, next time, y'all. See ya. Bye. Bye.
4: Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.